sisters and brothers in Christ. May I have the tongue to speak and you the ears to hear only that which magnifies his glorious name. In our gospel reading for this, the first Sunday in Lent, Mark characteristically gives us a short, sharp version of the baptism and the temptation of Christ and the commencement of his ministry. He gives us a stark reminder of what we are offered as followers of the living God, as followers of Jesus Christ. In every situation, however extreme it may be, amidst the barren wilderness, beset by wild animals, confronted by the world and its temptations, by the embodiment of evil itself in the person of the devil. Now, what is it that we have offered to us amidst all of that? What is it that we have so freely offered to us at each and every turn with the angels guarding our backs? What is it that we have poured down upon us at this moment as the waters pour down in Noah's time, waters swept aside by our Lord with a covenant that never again would the waters cover the earth in a mighty flood. That was in the old dispensation, but what of the new? What is the new dispensation? dispensation? What is the, what's the new covenant? And what is it that is on offer to us now? What is it conferred by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, by the pouring on of water? Why? I'll tell you what it is. The Gospels tell us what it is. It's love, love, of course, love, love, God's love. The love of a parent for a child. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Everything flows from that. Love is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end. The heavens open at his baptism, just as the curtain is ripped in the temple at the time of his crucifixion. I think, uh, I'm not a theologian, I'm not a, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I think the word is schizoma, uh, the Greek word for, for ripped, never to be the same again transformed, ripped, transformed, never to be the same again. So what is it that we are reminded of at the commencement of this Lenten season? What is it that John the Baptist, a voice crying out in the wilderness, 
calls upon us to embrace. Why? It's repentance. That's the word that John cries out. That's the word that fell on the ears of Salome, of Herod. That's the word they didn't want to hear. Repentance. To turn aside from all that is not of God's love. To change. To repent. John cries out to us in the wilderness for repentance. And that, uh, that lies at the heart of, of Lent. But what's offered to us through repentance, through turning away from all that is not of God's love, is change, is to be transformed by the act of love. God's love for his son, the love that Jesus has for us, each and every one of us with all our frailty, all our weaknesses. The love he tells us to show one another. Now that love is truly shattering. It truly rips us and the world of sin apart. We are transformed. We are made new. Love changes everything. Love changes everything. It really does. Love in action. And we've all seen it. We've all seen what love can do. We've had those moments which all of us have experienced. I, I know. I know. I have in in my faith life. I've I've seen the way that love can change seemingly hopeless situations. I've seen the way that love can pull people back from destruction. How love can change everything. And I, I'll I'll never forget. It was at the very start of my of my own political life in my in my constituency. I was a, a young MP and I, I went to, uh, to a church in Alperton. I, you know, I remember the place even. Uh, and I heard a sermon preached by the then uh, Bishop uh, of Wilsdon. And he spoke of a time in which he was ministering as a young man himself in East Africa to a congregation way up country on, on the borderlands. And, and I know, as it happens, that part of East Africa. I've flown over it many, many times during a period of my life when I was working, uh, when I had finished in South Africa, I was doing some work for the, for the United Nations. And I used to have to fly up to Somaliland. You could only get there on one of their planes and you would fly over for, for what seemed like hours, well, it was hours, this, uh, this, barren land, this wasteland, this wilderness. And from time to time, you would see villages dotted in it. Uh, and it was at just such a village in the borderlands uh, that the local people had built a church, a church with a font 
to facilitate total immersion because that's what they embraced. That's what they, they believed in. Uh, and they spent a lot of time and effort to build this church and they were understandably proud of it. Now there came a time and unfortunately it happens a lot in that particular region. You have refugees, you have refugees uh, from uh, Somalia, refugees coming in from all over East Africa, challenging times. And there came a time when the refugees came into that, that region and the government didn't want them there, frankly. And the government forbade the villagers uh, to allow the refugees into the villages. They couldn't even come for a church service. And the people of this village wrestled with what they might do in that situation. They saw rightly that what their government had decreed was sinful, but they knew the consequences of disobeying the government for them, which would be considerable and life-threatening. But their thought was of their eternal life. And they determined to live out their faith to fulfill the Galilean mission of which Mark writes in our gospel today. So they took the church and its font to the refugees outside the village. They took the church and its font brick by brick and they rebuilt it outside the village so those refugees could worship with them and enjoy the fruits of baptism. Of baptism. Just think about what effort that took. Just think about their resolve, their faith, the witness, the evidence of their love. Sin was overcome and love won that day. Those villagers were true witnesses to the only identity that actually matters. The identity that is conferred by the blessed sacrament of baptism. The identity that was evidenced that day that Mark writes of on the banks of the Jordan. You are my son, my child, the child of God. That blessed sacrament that saw Jesus propelled into the wilderness, but coming through it firm in his identity, whatever the, temptation, whatever the temptations that were flung at him. He begins his ministry and takes the path that leads to Jerusalem and the cross, the curtain, the veil of the temple, torn at the moment of his death and then his subsequent resurrection. Confirmation in that sacrifice 
and in the resurrection of our own identity as followers of a risen Christ. All of us, Jew, Gentile, black, white, men, women, gay, straight, all of us children of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the challenge for us at this time of Lent is to repent, is to change, is to be transformed, to seek to turn our backs on all that would undermine the kingdom of God. Our fearfulness, our various obsessions, and we all have them. Time and time again, they have impacted on me in, in, in my life. Our obsessions with status, power, privilege, the identity of possessions, class, the identity of gender, of sexuality, of creed, and to seek out, having turned our backs on that, to seek out in our actions, to seek out moments of, of tranquil reflection and denial, to seek out a better understanding and a closer relationship with him, with Jesus. Now, Let's face it, we aren't going to be moving our church in, in Hind Street brick by brick. That's not going to happen. We could, however, resolve, all of us, couldn't we, to give a little more, to give a little more sacrificially in our offerings for its work. We could resolve, couldn't we, all of us, to stand more firmly and visibly alongside those confronted by injustice and hurt at the hands of the powers and the principalities in our world, which we learn not in Mark's but in Matthew's gospel were offered to him. And he turned in his back on those because his was a different king kingdom. We could resolve to honor him in that. We could resolve to honor him in our lives by prayer and such actions as we can find to do on our own or with others that offer a glimpse, just a glimpse of a different world, of a different kingdom, a kingdom whose coming we pray for. We could do that. I uh, worship when I'm not with you all uh, at Hind Street, but when I'm in the country, it, in uh, a little church called St. Paul's. That's a short walk from a, a barracks, Shorncliffe Barracks, that has been turned into a refugee housing center. Scandalously inadequate as a matter of deliberate policy in order to deter others who might claim the status of refugees. Scandalously inadequate and all the more sinful for that. Now I won't dwell upon the horrors of that place, save to say that the churches together in Folkestone, the faith communities of Folkestone are campaigning to close it down to close that 
housing center down and that the high and that the high court has twice condemned it as unsuitable for vulnerable people and some of the desperate now covid ravaged souls forced to live in that place some of them have tried to burn it down and you may have seen that in in the news recently it's a terrible place frankly it is a sinful place and on christmas day this year at st paul's our numbers in the little church were swelled uh, by syrians and iranians largely from that camp who found a ready welcome in the church and who received gifts donated by local people. It was a small enough gesture on our part. Nothing, I suppose, or nothing by any stretch of the imagination compared to the actions of those who'd moved their church in East Africa out of their village to be with the refugees. But it was something. It gave us a glimpse close to home for what it is for us, the congregation, the usual congregation as children of God, to seek to turn, to change, to repent of the actions of our government, to seek to embrace a different and more welcoming reality grounded in a wholly different set of values from the powers and the principalities. Those self-same powers and principalities with which the devil tempted Jesus. And which, and with which we are all too often ourselves tempted to compromise and to acquiesce in the abuse of that power. Whether it is in the way refugees are treated in our own country or in the way that peoples in Miramar or China are treated by their government where it is convenient for us for reasons of trade and public policy to turn a blind eye. Or peoples in the Cameroon, Anglophone speaking peoples who are driven into the forests, more than a million of them now driven out of their homes by a conflict engendered by the Francophone administration in that country. And what do we do apart from tweet and offer statements of condemnation? Nothing. It is a sin. And we are called upon in the Lenten season to repent, to change, to turn aside from that. And this particular Lent, we find ourselves having been propelled, propelled by events beyond our control and even, under, even our understanding into another sort of wilderness. 
beset not by wild beasts, but by a virus. And the subject of not just the usual range of temptations, but by fearfulness and despair in abundance. We all know that fearfulness and despair. We all wake up with it, don't we? Of a nighttime sometimes wondering when it will all end, wondering how much longer we can go on and put up with it, knowing what it's doing to us, to our friends, to our family, to our neighbors. We are beset, not just by the usual temptations, but by a terrible fearfulness and despair. And it is precisely at this moment that we need to change, that we need to repent, that we need to embrace a new reality and to seek to transform our world so it is more in accordance with his kingdom. And we can do that. We can do that. We can find through the power of the Holy Spirit, comfort and strength in the example, life and blessed sacrifice of the risen Son of God, Jesus Christ, knowing that our identity is firm and true. We are the children of God. He will see us through and out of this wilderness with his angels at our backs. And then, then we can sing. We can sing in the words of, of the great Negro spiritual. We can sing the song that says, tell me, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? Out of the wilderness, out of the wilderness. Tell me, how did you feel when you came out of the wilderness? How did you feel? Did you love everybody when you came out of the wilderness? Did you love everybody when you came out of your, the wilderness? Did your soul feel happy when you came out of the wilderness? Out of the wilderness. Did you feel like shouting when you came out of the wilderness? Out of the wilderness, praising the name of the Lord. Did you bend your knee when you came out of the wilderness? Out of the wilderness, out of the wilderness, praising the name of the Lord.
He will see us through this. He is our father. He is our friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus.